All right, welcome back to the Beast Game Podcast. And Star Wars is back in the form of the Mandalorian. We're going to go to our resident Mandalorian person that just told me yesterday. He was like, the haters say they want peace, but what's peace when all I'm going to do is increase the violence? I got the ski mask on my waist, and when them shells pop off, all you're going to hear is that silence. Big Mike, how'd you feel about the Mandalorian? <laughs> <laughs> No, I was going to say, I liked the first episode. And I, I specifically liked it because to me, the episode was extremely simple. Yeah, because but... it starts off with basically it being an initiation into the Mandalorian society. Then it then turns into <laughs> the jar and just totally destroys a monster. Go ahead. First thought, I thought it was like a flashback scene. Yeah. Where he was joining the Mandalore. And then realized, oh no, this is like present day sort of thing. It was cool to see Ceremony and then see all the different Mandalorians out there. I guess a gigantic crocodile shows up. And I'm like, okay, kind of typical Star Wars, some kind of monster people got to deal with. And then then John comes in, they all struggling, and two shots kills that joint. <laughs> like, it's nothing. And then lands, cockpit opens up, Grogu pops up looking like, what up, though? Very simple stuff. But one, it's entertaining, it works, and it very much feels like Star Wars. And then even from there, just the whole flow of the show, him going back to Navarro, Grief Karg is showing back up, even showing where he's gone to now, even the whole fight scene with them and the pirates. I thought that whole scene was cool. And also directed by Rick Famo Yiwa. And then essentially from there, it's another Star Wars only. Getting in space, power dudes like, oh, you ain't just going to roll out, and it turns into a space chase. But again... Still very entertaining. Goes to an asteroid field, and then that whole scene, the way it played out, I was geeking. So I'm like, this dude is hiding out behind asteroids and taking these dudes out one by one. Like, yo, <laughs> this shit is entertaining as hell. And then even the ending, just to go see Bo-Katan, you see the status of what she's doing and what's going on with that, and kind of seeing where things are about to go. And I'm like, okay, you didn't give a whole lot, but you set up enough to where we can see where the season's going to go the rest of the way. Because, you know I mean? We passed all the kind of all the nonsense at this point. We know what the whole point of this, because I mean, because of Boba Fett and you throwing the Mandalorian up, it's kind of already know where things are going. So like I said, to me, the episode was real simple. Just a lot of just standard Star Wars episodes. But I think like we said before, it very much feels like Star Wars. It doesn't feel disjointed to me. Feels really well done. Favreau recently said in an interview, he doesn't really have an end in place for it. Characters keep going forward. And I'm sitting here kind of like, I hope it still goes for it. Like, I don't need to end because it's one of the best things Disney Plus got going easily. Yeah, so it looks like Rick Famuyiwa directs two more episodes. Pretty much everything is written by Favreau and Filoni. BB even told me about the Easter egg they had in this episode tied back to Rebels, which she was like, yeah, that basically lets you know like they're going to get to the Ezra and Thrawn stuff and all that in the future. Pretty cool. So it seems like Favreau and Filoni are weaving everything together like they want to. And hopefully Kennedy stays out of the way. Hopefully she's gone in July, like they keep saying it's supposed to be. I think at this point, they're just saying that to keep the grumbling and the internet down and stuff. They use the metrics that they get from YouTube and from Twitter and Instagram and everything, sell to the boards and stuff who don't really give a fuck. They're just looking at the dollar signs and spreadsheet reports. Every time she says that, or they mention that she's not involved in something or she's not touching it or whatever, it quiets extraneous noise so that they can work through stuff. It's not working. I haven't even finished Boba Fett. I'm fully prepared like it's going to be there until the, the end of time, until she drops dead and shit. I mean, I think they are likely waiting for that 
Indiana Jones movie to come out. Yep. Now I'm going to step aside because that was one of the original LucasArts films. I've completed my journey at this point. There's nothing else mm-hmm. to prove. I've left Star Wars in a good place. No, you didn't. But uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, no, no. She's not left in a good place. Yeah, but I think that's probably what's going to happen. That Indiana Jones movie concerns me a lot. And like I mean, and again, like if you really look at LucasArts, there's really not too much else. What else are you going to revisit? They've completely eviscerated Willow. <laughs> Train wreck, yo. I fucking love Willow, yo. I love that shit. And are you going to revisit Labyrinth? I think, didn't they do like a Howard a Duck thing like recently? I they were talking about doing a Howard Duck. I think he was in one of the Guardians movies. He was in what Guardians was of the Galaxy. Yeah. In a post credit scene. Yeah, I mean, there's really not much else at this point that wasn't Star Wars, Indiana Jones. These films didn't need anything. Their IPs made so much damn money and was so loved. I just want to sit back and look at like the train wreck that movie's going to uh, generate because there's no goddamn way in hell. But Big Mike, what score would you give this episode of The Mandalorian? So, it's the first one. I've seen it four times so far. <laughs> Like I said, I was entertained as hell. And probably also because it's been so long since season two. Watch this episode as much as possible to get me through the next win. Yeah, it's been <laughs> almost three years, actually. Nothing else has really been really good. So I'm going to keep watching this because it's entertaining as hell. So right now, honestly, though, I'm kind of being modest with it. I got it like at a seven and a half because, again, it didn't really do a lot, but it was a cool 38 minutes to sit there through. Like, I, when I watch it, it goes by quick because it's just entertainment. I don't get bored. There's no point where I'm like, oh, let me fast forward. Let me get past this. I think it just hit every beat that it needed to hit. And just perfect way to open the season. And as long as you already know, my low point is it was episode two of the second season, that little complete frog episode thing that didn't need to exist at all. <laughs> so <laughs> as long as you're not that boring, then it's a solid episode for me. And this is definitely, definitely better than all that. So, I mean, there's been some missteps, obviously, the Boba Fett show, and yep. some missteps in the Obi Wan show. Bring that back into a big interest in Star Wars, and maybe we can gear up to do another movie if it's a one-off movie or another trilogy and hit hard because that Boba Fett thing was disappointing. It started off okay, and then it just went, what are you doing? Why are you doing this? You destroyed and eviscerated a beloved character for what? Why are you bringing back stuff if all you're going to do is abuse it? The Obi-Wan thing was just inconsistent. There were things to like about it, but the arc of the villain in the show was just unnecessary. She couldn't act, and hope I don't ever see you again, but this needs to bring it all back. Because it worked, like when they brought back Luke Skywalker, there was a whole bunch of interest in Star Wars at that point. <laughs> there was a whole bunch of it, and then now it's just kind of like, uh, what were you guys doing? So, hopefully, this will do it. One of the keys to is Fabron Filoni taking all the animated stuff and bringing it to live action, and I think that's part of also why this works so well. Is even like without me seeing all of Clone Wars, just a bit through season five. You know, me and Beat was just something. I'm like, bro. Like, I see this figure walking, and I'm like, yeah, I know that ain't who I think it is. <laughs> like, almost like that big boy clip that everybody posts, like, oh, I know, I know that ain't who I think it is. And then he gets close, and I see the hat, and I'm like, they really just did Cad Bane. Like, are you serious? 
But I'm sitting there geeking. I'm like, this is what people have always wanted to see. Like, just these little things, even Ahsoka, which I think, same on people being invested, I think it's going to be this season of Mandalorian, and now I think it's going to be a lot of what happens with Ahsoka because, again, I haven't seen Rebels, but everybody knows I've seen Rebels is like Ant because they're all on the old Ezra and Thrawn and all that kind of stuff. But again, you're taking something that was animated that set people really embraced and loved and said, okay, fuck it, let's do a live action. And just doing these simple things, like I watched Andor. I'm not invested in Andor at all. I don't even need a second season. You see why yeah, I'm and it. I guess people uh, like that show. Again, I forgot that show even existed, but being my earlier statements about Star Wars being inconsistent, people seem to like that show. But I, mean, I fell off just one because it was a little too long. And it's like right now, it's taken a lot for me to get invested in TV shows and then also multi-part movies because like I just want to watch something and be done with it. I don't want to have to sit and come back every week and wonder if I missed out on something because I didn't watch something else. It has no relevance in my life. But people like Andor, that's all I can say. <laughs> I watched it and I don't know why. Like I was sitting there by the end of it, just why do people like this show? There's nothing good about this show, really. I think it's almost two episodes full, maybe three. Where he's in jail the whole time. What are we watching? There's nothing entertaining about this. There's nothing that screams to me, oh, Star Wars, whatever. It's like you just slapped a name on it and just said, <laughs> look, we're just going to stamp it as Star Wars and people will love it. And I'm like, no. Keith has brought this up. Barry, you brought it up. Jay's brought it up. Everybody's brought it up. On the amount of characters and lore you have just in Star Wars that you could touch on without having to create nothing new or recreate anything that we still never seen on film. And you could do it, and it would work. And for whatever reason, they weren't doing it. And the only two that seem to be wanting to do it are Favreau and Filoni. So like I said, my hopes are, even if Kennedy stays, just stay out the way. Because to me, it seems like they have a finger on the pulse of what should be done, how to do it, putting the right people in place to direct these things, and they put putting the right writing in place. And if they can stick with this, then the future to me looks bright. But if it's going to revert back to that same old BS, then this is just a little tease. It's like, look, you're going to get this one good show and then the rest is about to be both. One of the biggest issues I have, the whole thing and what she's doing and stuff, which pisses me off, and this is with Hollywood in general. I can remember as a kid wanting to see people reflected in the stuff I like. They have turned diversity into a bad word. Turned it into a marketing gimmick. Exactly. It is the first whatever, whatever uh, represented on screen in Star Wars. Like, you're creating analytics. LeBron James plays this way on Wednesdays when he wears these shoes. You're creating stuff now. This has no relevance to anything. It's happening way too much in, in a lot of stuff. Well, this is the first featured in a big budget movie over $70 million. Okay? We're going to feature this person here because we could talk about the actress. The TV show Willow. Big marketing tool they had for that was, one, it was Willow. And that's what they use to bring in the, the Geek Squad. But they also throw it on the side in the other outlet magazines. Like, it's also going to feature a very mature story, love story. You're like, what? The titular character, he's barely in the damn thing. Talk about bringing things back and then happen to write out important character that made a franchise or made a show or made a movie. I, mean, I would say the best implementation of that would have been Mad Max Fury Road. On point. And here's the thing. Mad Max Fury Road, it was a Mad Max film. His perspective 
of why this is someone else's story. He was the driver and he was the catalyst for the, all the change that occurred. You are absolutely 100% correct. I bring this and I tell my wife, I'm like, look, when they say diversity and strong female lead, Mad Max Fury Road, Charlize Theron as Furiosa is it in space. I don't know how Anya Taylor-Joy is going to make that happen. I mean, she better bring her A-game because I'm going to go into that sequel fully expecting her to bring it because those are some big shoes to fill. It encapsulated the whole thing of, of what I expect from when they say you've got a, a strong female lead. That's in itself. She is a strong woman. She's not a female actress acting like a man. And that's why this Indiana Jones movie is going to be a damn train wreck. Despite the fact that the director is coming up and saying how, how no one knows what the hell they're talking about, this is very much an Indiana Jones movie. You're like, uh, you nah. know, it's not going to happen because it's you know, basically you, the bait you know and switch. It. When you see all the news articles, it's like, well, this is this person's journey. And like, it was supposed to be an Indiana Jones movie, but now you're trying to pull the wool over everybody's eyes and say, guess what? Is this person's story? And we were right all along, and everything was all about deflecting the fact that people figured it out. I mean, I'm not going to go see it. Before we check it out weeks after it gets released, but I'm not going to do check it out day one. I have no interest in it. I looked at that trailer, and I'm just like, geez, Louise, they, they, they were absolutely correct. Like, the time-traveling gimmick, I don't know what the hell they think. My Harrison Ford is just, I'm checking out, and you kind of know what's going to happen with uh, that whole thing because you've seen it before. You've seen what Disney has done with other... Well, I mean, first of all, there's no reason to bring back Indiana Jones. There's no purpose for that. Indiana Jones is a movie of its time. There's no reason to revisit that. They already kind of done something like that with Jungle Cruise. <laughs> uh, what? No, no, thank you. So there's no reason. Like They already got something else. Also, that last Indiana Jones movie was trash. Huh? I still don't even understand why everybody hated it so much. Yo, it's about aliens, man. <laughs> People saw the twist and they were like, Indiana Jones is about aliens. The fuck does that even mean? You know, movie's trash. But, all right. So, Big Mike's hype about the Mandalorian. Hopefully, it'll revitalize Star Wars. Like, because, again, Obi-Wan was, there was things to like about that show. There's a lot of things to like about it. It is a bait and switch, though. That's what Obi-Wan yeah. was. Obi-Wan, come out to play, yay. <laughs> like, uh, oh, oh. <laughs> that bait and switch, you know, it was, man. Stop trying to, like. It's like I was there at the Jedi Academy. When you try to kill me. Is that actress even doing anything else? Did her career just like kind of fizzle? She was in the Queen's Gambit, maybe? That might have been what people would, might have been talking yeah, about. Yeah, that's my everybody's talking and about. And she's in some movie coming out this year called All Dirt Roads Taste of Salt. Update on whatever that chick's name is. I might care about that. I just felt the racism. I'm like, okay. No, I mean, all that is is really just outrage marketing. They're hoping that the controversy generates enough news articles to pull people into watching it and guilt you into watching it. That's what it is. It's outrage marketing. You just make it up words. This is archival philanthropy. Like the fuck. Punching your face, yo. Star Wars is back in the form of the Mandalorian. Pew, 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 pew. Hey, <laughs> no. Star Trek is down. Star Wars has to be up. Wow. Yeah, I mean, and, one of them has to survive. At this point. Can't can't have it. Like it's already a shit show in Star Trek land. Yeah, basically, Picard is going downhill fast. Yes, 
They're probably going to destroy Strange New Worlds after that. I'm like, oh, God. We'll be still forced to watch reruns of Next Generation, Deep Space Nine, Voyager. Hey, that's not a bad thing. Like, give me some it's Enterprise. Not. Like, I'll, I'll go watch it. I haven't seen that in a while. But, all right. Beast Game. 